Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. Here I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 175 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Colin Whiteley. And today's episode is on Body Negativity in Boys and Why Is This Important? And it is Thursday the 20th of October 2022 as I record this. So well, the reason why I actually wanted to do like today's episode uh, was that I found some really interesting like, research that actually like, looked at this because as I actually say in the podcast episode, one of the sort of unofficial themes of this uh, podcast is that I like to look at the Antarctic explored areas uh, and the areas that mainstream psychology and wider society tend to shy away from. And, and when it comes to body positivity, that is uh, for the most part dominated more by the focus on women and, and young girls. Now that, that is not a, a problem in itself because of course we've had the objectification and a lot of like societal myths and uh, and the constructs built around young women and uh, and the girls uh, for the last few decades, so it's really good to that we're trying to reverse some of the damage. But sadly, though, boys and the young people have actually been like disadvantaged by this, and they're very negatively in you know, like impacted by all of this. And also, in like today's episode, I get super personal. In fact, I, in fact, I almost felt embarrassed as I was writing this blog post, because I was revealing the cold hard truth about my own experience of this, and to be honest, some of the very harmful and some of the very damaging stuff that I sort of did to myself. And to be honest, I'm actually quite surprised I didn't hospitalise myself at like one point though. So that's how bad it got though. It's a really interesting, really brutally honest. And this is just going to be such a great, brilliant podcast episode for all of us. So moving on to the psychology news section. We're reading from the British Psychological Society Research Digest. And can I just say quickly, it's so great to be back doing the podcast again, live, you know, instead of um, having to record it all and, and schedule it. Oh, I, I do love this podcast. So, the first one is, Who's there to blame when partially automated vehicles crash? When a traditional non-automated car... <laughs> It's a, a pedestrian, and there is no well, mitigating circumstances. The public is a clear on who is to blame: the driver. Swap that for a fully autom- autonomous vehicle, and the answer is a, is a, is a different, but still clear: the manufacturer. 
But what if the driver is using a partially automated vehicle? Of which there are now, now many models of on the market. A new online study in scientific reports finds that drivers of these vehicles are assigned most of the blame after the crashes, which the team argues they can't reasonably um, avoid. This work is in Poland because, as Nick Beckers of Delif University of Technology and, uh, and colleagues point out, public opinion on uh, this matter could help shape the future a future of the vehicle design and also legislation. This I actually think is quite an interesting point point there because of course if something is partially automated then you are still in uh, yeah well you are still in like on a trial of it and you still have most of the functions and most of the bearings on any like potential outcomes. So yeah, this is definitely something we do need to research for the future because one of the massive problems that um, us in the office space is a finding, and actually about artificial intelligence, is that because the law is so slow, and because most laws are done so ad hoc, like they're done after the event, event that um, lots of authors are actually being like disadvantaged by the growth of like um, AI though. And I'm not going to go into the full debate there because I think it's quite exciting but I also know there are massive like, limitations and massive legal implications that are still just being explored even though the market is actually being flooded um, with different artificial intelligence tools. So very interesting, and I actually hope that because of this research, hopefully um, when it comes to laws and legislation surrounding um, autonomous cars, hopefully though the laws will be slightly ahead of the technology. But to be honest, I like a doubt it though. But it's still really, really interesting from both the legal and the behavioural perspective. So the second one is, and it's also like the last one is only two, like this week. Study challenges the idea that we've faces we've seen more often. The more often you're exposed to something, the more you will like it. This is a well-established mere exposure effect, which has been found to apply to everything from sounds to paintings. It occurred to Jason Chow at Bembit University and colleagues that this effect might be exploited to help older people to settle more quickly into care homes, repeatedly showing a, a, a new resident photos of images of a caretakers and fellow residents will hopefully allow them to adapt more easily. Yeah, that sounds great, it sounds effective, so let's see what actually happens. Based on other research, the team suspected 
but emit egg exposure effect for faces that might actually be stronger in older people than, than in younger people. So they first decided to run a study to explore this, but as they report in a, a paper in Psychology and Aging, to their surprise, they found not only no evidence for this effect in older people, but no evidence for it in younger people either. For researchers, this raises some serious questions. Even does the near egg exposure effect really exist? Wow, okay, that is actually a brilliant finding. Especially because at university, we've been doing so much on the replication crisis, how to do good research, and all of that sort of stuff. So, if this is a good study in itself, and of course I've not checked out the methodology yet, and I have no intention of, <laughs> to be honest, um, if this is a good study, then this could have massive implications for the field. And to be honest, we will actually have to go back to the original studies supporting the mere exposure effect to find out if those studies replicate. So yeah, this could... I don't know, to be honest, I really doubt this is going to be like the next... Um, replication crisis, but it really is interesting to find, or to actually find a studies that don't show evidence of this. Yeah, really, really interesting, because the mere exposure effect is so major in social psychology. In fact, in quite a few of my books, I reference it because it is so popular in the literature, and there's so much evidence for it. But, uh, again, but is all of those evidences are correct? Because you've also got the publication biased. Really, really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Very much so. So, I hope you enjoyed the psychology news section. So, let's move on to the personal update. So we're moving on to the personal update. So as I said in the introduction, I didn't realise how excited I like, would be though to actually come back and uh, and actually do the uh, podcast. I really have like missed all of you because even though you've been listening to me every week, it's been like three weeks since I've actually done the uh, podcast. So. Hello again, and <laughs> well, I've not quite felt this, like, um, missing a feeling, though, uh, for actually quite a, a while, though. So, I'm so grateful to be back there, so a massive thank you to all of you, like, wonderful listeners, though, well, for, like, keeping, uh, listening, helping, uh, to, like, spread the words about the uh, podcast, because we really are all, like, friends and, like, a family here, though. <laughs> okay then, so we're actually moving on to the personal updates, the proper bit. So, university has been very busy like so far though, and if there are any first year or like second year students, 
when people say 30 is a jump, absolutely believe them. It's not a scary jump, but I really am having to prioritise my time a lot more though, because I still want to do the podcast. I still want to do all of my other projects. But university does take up a lot of time though, but I really am in like enjoying it. And most importantly, and as I've mentioned on the podcast before, you've got to be kind to yourself. You've got to protect your mental health first of all, and you've got to prioritise. And if you don't get everything done that you actually want to, just be kind to yourself. It's not the end of the world. So that so that is definitely been a hard lesson though, whether I've learned over the past like few weeks, well, weeks over, but thankfully we've had a solid data collection for my um, final year project, and it's going really, really well. Though, yes, there've been tons of technical, yeah, well, like technical problems, and the amount of jokes uh, that I've made about, oh yeah, like we you pay like ten thousand pounds at like university, and they give us like bad uh, computers. To be honest, by the end of the week, that was not a joke, that was just fact. <laughs> but it was all like fun though, and the participants, they're great. Well, because this is the first time that we're running it properly, and I'm not and I'm not sure if I've ever explained the study, I'm not going to explain it now because this is just a personal update, not a podcast episode. But because this is the first time that we've actually like run it properly, we're just doing two participants this a week. We've ramped it up to four next week, and then we're doing six the week after. And then that's, and then we should do another two week of the sixes. But I am really like, you know, it, and it is such an interesting study though. At some point, probably after data collection, I will do a proper talk about it on the podcast. But just know, like, for now though, um, if you're a first or a second year student, then your final year and your final year project, if you get a good one, then this can actually be so much fun though, because it really is. But stepping away from the whole like, psychology stuff but at the moment, very, very exciting news on the Kickstarter front. So, if you absolutely love mystery, romance, and fancy stories with a like, holiday twist, then you are in luck because right now, and until the 3rd of November, I'm currently running the holiday egg extravaganza kick starter. And uh, what this is, it is uh, basically a, uh, a fiction advent calendar. So uh, from the um, 1st of December 2022 to the 1st of January 2023, uh, you will get a uh, short story a day. So, but these were all based around the like holiday themes. They were like sometime 
where folks aren't buying it. Sometimes the like holiday season is actually like a, just a, a setting, but sometimes they're, where they're more about the holiday aspect though. None of these like real like religious stories, and so many backers have already joined the project like so far though. So if you want a like a gripping mystery, a yeah, spellbinding fancy, or a, a sweet moving emotional romance to enjoy yeah, this like holiday season, then definitely check it out. And as always, I always love to your thoughts and feelings on today's episode. So you can always email me, conwiley.net. Leave a comment on the show notes at conwiley.net forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at SciFiWiley. I always love to hear from all of you because it really helps make the podcast feel more like a conversation. And you can always comment on the Facebook post at Conwisely Psychology Author. And today's episode has been sponsored by Anual Psychology, the causes and treatments of depression, anxiety and more. So well, this is actually a, like, a great sponsor for today's episode, because even though this book actually doesn't like going into like, eating disorders, uh, body image. This a uh, great, really easy response uh, book uh, actually does uh, cover a lot of uh, really interesting uh, psychology topics. Uh, topics, uh, topics. Uh, for example, the uh, biological, cognitive, and the social causes of the uh, of the oppression, the different types of uh, anger, anxiety, and also the uh, different causes and uh, schizophrenia. And so many more fascinating topics. Uh, for example, example like the uh, classification of uh, like mental health conditions uh, and uh, the actual biases that can uh, go on in uh, diagnosis. So, but this great book really does cover so much in a minimal conversational and in engaging tone. Believe me, this is nothing like a, a boring textbook. So whether it's abnormal psychology, the causes and trends of depression, anxiety and more. Available from all major ebook retailers, the payback and the hardback version from Amazon, the local bookstore or local library if you request it. And you can also buy it directly from me at payhip.com forward slash um, So let's move on to the content part of today's episode. So we're moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be talking about body negativity in boys and why is this a, a silent a problem. And because I've already done uh, quite a lot in the introduction to this, I'm actually just uh, going like, to dive into it today. Body Negativity in Boys One of the miniature themes of this uh, podcast is uh, that I always like to in- investigate and uh, explore areas and help to, uh, to uh, bring them to the attention of all of us. 
For example, that's why I investigated the suicide on the podcast. How are mental health conditions that could in fact be adaptations and not disorders amongst other topics? Therefore, I really wanted to highlight how are boys that can be very badly affected by body image issues and why and why this is not a problem limited to the girls. In addition, the author of the book being you, the body image book for boys mentioned that young men and the boys are often at a complete loss when it when it comes to talking about their body image concerns, even if these are these are concerns start in early life. And before I actually start talking about the uh, the uh, studies and the research side of this argument, I actually want to give you a bit of a um personal story though. And why I'm actually interested in this topic from a personal perspective. Since when I was a child, I was a beast. And as you can imagine, I was a very easy target for bullies. So I was really bullied for years about it, actually. And even though basically like right now, I sort of change between underweight and healthy weight. Basically, depending on the week and my own attitude, God, that sounds really bad, but it's true. I still, I still basically always think of myself as fat, and sometimes it is. Um, to be honest, I probably do have like a sub syndrome or eating, you know, like eating disorder to some extent. I guess though, and just in case you're not clear what subsin journal means, it means that um, you don't meet the diagnostic criteria, but you sort of almost do, and you still have the condition. condition. So, to be honest, even though it was under control, sort of, it sort of wasn't for my first year at university, but I do go on to that actually now in the uh, blog post. So to be honest, even saying this now is actually quite difficult because during my first year of a university, several people did suspect I had to, yeah, but I had like developed a like eating disorder because I basically barely ate. And to be honest, even though I did eat two meals a day, they were extremely small. They were sort of like dangerously small. Yeah, and to be honest, I was barely eating a thousand calories a day, and to be, and I was also doing extreme amounts of exercise as to sort of burn off the old weight, but also pretty much destroying whatever I ate as you like coming in though. So looking back, I absolutely know that was not healthy, and to be honest, I'm glad I didn't hospitalise myself. But to be honest, I think, I don't know, I think if I didn't come back for my second year, and to be honest, if COVID didn't happen, I was I was forced to come back early, I don't know. To be honest, I doubt it, but I don't know. It, it was a risk because of what was happening, what happened the year before. 
and that I will not go into on the podcast. But it just like goes to show how powerful bullying can be. And whilst there are a lot of other factors that are more or less influential for other people, that's the very short version of my story. In addition, McLee and all were 2018 found that even boys are, as they as young as 6 years old, I believe that muscles make, make boys look better. And one of the real dangers of that is a particular belief that is that before puberty, boys aren't adept to build anything looking like the bulky muscles of the bodybuilders, resulting in, in a lot of like younger boys have been disappointed in their bodies from a very early age. Personally, I think that's just heartbreaking. And it's a massive shame that somewhere in our society we've created an atmosphere where pre-teenagers feel that they need to get muscles to look good. I don't think pre-teens, to be honest, I don't think anyone should actually be so obsessed with that or or actually feel like they need to focus on it. And possibly connecting this to my own story, this concern about your body image isn't just a superficial concern, because because it can and does have very serious consequences, like eating disorders. Because one-fourth to one-third of eating disorder patients are male as diabetes eating disorders are among some of the deadliest mental health conditions. And there's a website link in the reference section of the blog post if you yeah, would like, if you actually just want to like, um, check it out. So yes, it is very, very fair to say that body image issues can kill people. Finally, yeah, for this section, a yeah, very common concerning finding that is that this problem isn't going away, since a growing number of boys, as much as an 11% growth, gays and all, 2021, found that boys are using um, steroids or supplements to increase their muscle mass as well as TikTok seems to be only encouraging these maladaptive body image behaviours by increasingly a popularity of the, the trends like um, dry scooping protein powder. And to be honest, I have absolutely no idea what dry um, scooping is, but it turns out what it is is that it's a way you take a, a pre-workout con- assumption of chalky powders without dissolving them in water first. I don't know why you'd want to do that, because it's dangerous, because I remember, because I don't know if you podcast listeners remember, but a few years ago there was what was known as the flower challenge, I never did it, none of my friends did actually, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, surprisingly enough, and I remember the danger of it, of it, well, but if you take 
a teaspoon of dry powder, it can actually, something along the lines that it can coat your throat and you can choke. I don't know if that's true, but I know that was the danger. And if it is true, then this is like the exact same um, principle. Very dangerous, very silly thing to do. In uh, my personal uh, um, opinion, why don't we talk about um, body image issues in boys? Now, well, this is one of my faith areas to a gas floor because I really am interested in why certain mental health conditions are steered or limited towards only a certain populations or genders, or at least that's what the uh, mainstream wants us to believe. Thankfully, though, unlike um, other areas of like mental health, like telling female rape survivors in the last century that what they experienced didn't matter, body image a conversation around boys isn't quite as a dark, but it's still but it's still outrageous and it still needs to change. Since the reason why a body image issues and a negativity surrounds girls and women so much is because out of the concerns over the decades-long marketing and objectifying and basically a society telling women that they had to be thin, attractive and, uh, and feminine if they wanted to have any hope of succeeding in that society. Well, that's the gist anyway. Therefore, to combat the damage of the marketing and the other societal level factors have done over the decades, focus on what's protecting the mental health of women and young girls. However, this has caused men and boys to have a lot of trouble speaking out about their own mental health in general, but especially surrounding their body image. Furthermore, in the book Being You, the body image book for boys, a lot of boys emphasise how they were embarrassed about taking off their t-shirt at the swimming pool and generally just showing off their bodies. This is something I can certainly relate to. Again, because um, I truly believe I will always see myself as a fat. And even now, even though I'm not, I'm... <laughs> at an intellectual level, I know that. Um, yeah, but I don't take my um, t-shirt off on my holidays in front of my parents, if they've like um, bought me clothes and they are, and they like want to see like um, do they fit and like how do I like look in them? And to be honest, I am actually seriously concerned about how my future relationships could be affected by this. Like, could it affect intimacy or whatever? And those topics that I'm actually gonna stop talking about on the podcast that were. Furthermore, as I've repeatedly mentioned on the podcast before, boys and men are far less likely than women and girls to seek out help for their mental health and their physical health concerns. 
due to a number of stupid societal and personal factors like the outrageous belief about talking about feelings that makes you weak, real women don't a crime, and all of the other utter rubbish that I hate beyond words. Because it's because of those dumb myths that are causing so much damage to the mental health and well-being of our men and the women in that society. Anyway, the problem, the problem uh, with this brand of masculinity, the type where men are only allowed to be seen as strong, stoic and independent, is that it stops them from coming forward, as well as Leech and All 2016 shows about recognising and having an awareness of the body image issue is the first step in obtaining treatments for it. Therefore, if the boys are scared of being ridiculed or stigmatised by coming forward, then they will continue to try to manage their body image de-stress alone and I know that doesn't work. Also, what I like want to mention about that before we move on to the um, last section of the podcast episode, that now that I've been researching this, to be honest, now I know how lucky I am, and I suppose I really do need to try and be a lot more careful about my own body image. I do need to try and like remain a positive. I think in the future, dating, well, I would like to think, though, like, that it helps, but because hopefully, like, that way, people will actually tell me, yeah, that I'm, like, beautiful, and that they like me, and my body, but it's a long way off for personal and, um, situational reasons, and again, though, this is just my egg, like, and my experience. And I know that a lot of other people would have other egg experiences of truth, but this is just me trying to be open and honest and try and like connect this topic to what's happened to me in my past, if that makes any sense. Overall, but this will only intensify and worsen the current mental health crisis in the teenage population, and to be honest, this will kill people too. How do we improve a boy's body image? So, now that we know how serious our body image issues are, and the serious consequences, we need to look at how what how we can be as this and start to help these boys. Firstly, we need the boys to acknowledge that they actually have these concerns, and this is very typical to be something ever they are ashamed of. Thankfully, not everyone will be ashamed of their bodies, but it is okay if they are, are there? because as psychologists and therapists, cannot do anything unless a person admits of their experience psychological distress and they want to change this. That's something that was actually critical because of um, 
I was talking to Electra earlier, but I, about it. Additionally, we can uh, help these boys further. Two understand that a body dissatisfaction is a natural reaction to have in our appearance-based culture. That really does bombard us all with messages about the importance of how well we look, not who well we are. Also, I have to admit that there's a lot of money to be made. If they increase in the securities levels, we have that about our appearance. Since these pictures could make people buy makeup, steroids, gym membership, and so many more tools, we could use to achieve this ridiculously unhealthy version of ideal beauty. And another point to raise is why would any industry, let alone the wellness and the beauty industry, stop at, at catering for women and their girls when they could double their profits by targeting young boys and men? It's a numbers game for sure. Conclusion To wrap up this podcast episode, I actually don't want to focus on the topic for change. Instead, I want to focus on a message for you. Because we really are perfect the way that we are. In society, we don't need to be traditionally beautiful, perfect, or some messed up version of Vandosis, the Greek god of beauty. At least I think that's what he was from what I remember. And if you meet the people who think that that is the only way to be, just to leave them. They're not going to be a healthy influence in your life. And it is seriously about time that for the sake of our mental health, the well-being of our young people and society as a whole, that we start moving away from this appearance-based focus on, on society. We need to start understanding that everyone is so perfect in their own way and that we don't all need to look like models and muscle gods or whatever the kids are calling it like these days. I seriously don't know what they are. Because I can promise you this. If you don't accept yourself and if you allow body image issues to eat away inside of you, then you really are playing a dangerous game. After this episode, I know how lucky I was. I was a like a few years ago, but I know a lot of people aren't so lucky. So please be careful, accept yourself, and have the body that you want, not what someone else wants you to have. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that you got something out of it. I definitely know that I did and I really did enjoy it. If you know someone who would enjoy today's episode, then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful when you wonderful people help us put the words out about the podcast. And definitely check out the Holiday Egg Extravaganza on Kickstarter. And there's a link in the um, podcast description. 
especially if you want some fantastic fiction this holiday season. And also check out at normal psychology, the causes and treatments of depression, anxiety and more. Available in all visual places. So have a great day everyone and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to ConnorWhitesley.net. And if you want a free Ada book psychology box set, then please go to ConnorWhitesley.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.